Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi there. It's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. This is the John Fugelsang Podcast. Good evening and welcome. This is Sirius XM 127's ongoing coverage of election night 2022. Welcome to the beginning of the end. A time with key governor races in Georgia, Florida, Arizona, Michigan, New York, Connecticut, and Oregon. Some of those were already decided. And as always, a handful of today's races will decide which party controls your Congress for the next two years. Which Political direction in a country of 350 million people is going to be decided by a tiny sliver of voters in about half a dozen states. Maybe, maybe, maybe a few thousand people in all will determine the fate of all of us for the next two years. Results are already coming in. We know that Marco Rubio and Ron DeSantis have both won in Florida. Democrat Maxwell Alejandro Frost won his race in Florida's 10th congressional district, making him the first member of Gen Z to be elected to the House. He's 25 years old. Democrat Wes Moore has already made history in Maryland as the state's first black governor, according to AP, which has called the race only the third black governor ever elected in our country. Democrat Josh Shapiro is the projected winner in the Pennsylvania governor's election. He will defeat Republican Confederate cosplay impresario Doug Mastriano. Democrat Maura Healey is now the first female governor in Massachusetts and America's first openly lesbian governor. AP has called that race. Democrat Summer Lee, who we talked about this week, is the projected winner in the Pennsylvania 12th District. She defeated Republican Mike Doyle, who got the nomination because the retiring popular Democrat was also named Mike Doyle. And in Vermont's Senate race, Democrat Peter Welch has been projected by ABC to win. We are going to be taking your calls and checking in with the races all night long. We have an incredible lineup of guests from the fields of, my God, punditry and spirituality and academia. Um, we've got Max Burns of Newsweek, Jessica Mason Piclo, also known as Hegemami, a few people on Twitter. Dahlia Lithwick is finally doing this show for the first time, and it's election night. And of course, Judy Gold, one of the funniest humans in all of America. And as always, our most important guest is you. 866-997-4748 is our number. Polls are closed in Pennsylvania, Ohio, and North Carolina. And all night long, we will be bringing you the results. We will be telling you why you should not despair. We will be checking in with our experts and our guests. And of course, uh, we'll be bringing you all the news that there is and making fun of all the new fascists running and playing. Again, the part of me that loves America weeps for the threats to democracy, 
the part of me that's a comedian is really ready to make fun of a whole new class of bad guys. Now, keep one thing in mind as the night inches on. Just like 2020, Republican votes are more likely to be reported first in the key states, which means when they talk about the red mirage, they're talking about the party's candidates are getting these quite deceptively large early leads that will most likely diminish as the evening and the week grind forward. It's going to be the second election in a row that Republican votes are more likely to be counted and reported first in several of the battleground states. It's going to give the party's candidates very large early leads. And it's not going to be over tonight. That's the most important thing we can tell you. Quite likely, we're not going to know the outcome of some of these races until tomorrow and possibly not for a couple of days. We've seen a rise in mail voting in recent years. And as you know, different states have different rules for when those mail ballots are due and when those mail ballots can be taken out of their envelopes and counted and processed. Like Wisconsin doesn't allow election officials to even start processing mail ballots until the polls open the morning of Election Day. Also, Keep this in mind if you're getting kind of scared by some of the results you see. Democratic voters are generally concentrated in larger cities. And sometimes that means the larger cities take a longer time to report their results than rural areas. That's one of the reasons why Trump claimed that Arizona and Pennsylvania's elections were stolen two years ago. The other reasons being stupidity and uh, grossly stupid dishonesty. But moving on, legal challenges are going to happen in some of the key states. And they could go on for weeks. And I know we're all keeping an eye on Georgia. You know, I love Reverend Warnock. The part of me that's a domestic abuser with a head injury understands the appeal of Herschel Walker. But um, that Senate race, which could decide who controls the Senate, if no one gets 50% of the vote, that will be headed for another runoff, just like two years ago. It's been a time when we've seen an incredible rise in threats against election administrators and poll workers. We've seen election infrastructure that is very outdated in some cases. We've seen a lot of cyber threats. We've seen Russia coming out just this week and more or less saying, yeah, they interfere with our elections and they're going to do it again. And of course, there's going to be more races that go way past Election Day because they're still going to be counting the mail-in ballots. They're still going to be counting the provisional ballots. They're going to be recounting and there's going to be lawsuits. Pennsylvania and Georgia are going to be close. They're going to have crazy swings throughout the night. That's how counting goes. I'm really happy and honored that I get to do this show tonight with the team that uh, you've come to know and love since we took this time slot over three years ago this very week. And we've been preparing for this day for three whole years. The great Chris Hauselt is our executive producer running this thing from the South Carolina studios. The iconic disco queen that is Thea Harper running this thing out of uh, Brooklyn. I come to you from Manhattan and again. All night long, we want to know what your thoughts are. We want to know your fears. We want to know your hopes. We want to know what is disappointing you. And uh, we want to know where you're finding unexpected inspiration as well. 538 says Republicans are favored to win the House. The Senate could remain split. Could show a small swing to either party. Cannabis legalization is on the ballot in Arkansas, North Dakota, South Dakota, Missouri, and Maryland. And abortion measures are on the ballot in Kentucky, Montana, California, Michigan, and Vermont. Will it be a good night for democracy? Will it be a good night for Vladimir Putin? And let's not forget the all-stars this year, the hundreds of GOP candidates up and down the ballots who have records of denying or expressing doubts about the uncontroversial 2020 presidential results. Few people on the ballot tonight were even there at the 
terrorist attack on our capital in January 6th of last year. I don't want to belabor the point too much. Dean and I just talked about it thoroughly in the last half hour. We have no way of knowing which of these people actually believe the lie and which ones are claiming to believe the lie because they are cowards and because they know their party has been taken over by the human equivalent of the comment section at Gateway Pundit. If you come out and tell the truth that Donald Trump really did lose, you have no future in this party. You have to lie to get a place at their table. And so they've been building up to this for two years. The red wave. But, you know, look at Wisconsin, look at Pennsylvania, which delay the counting of mail-in votes. Don't be surprised if you see another red mirage and then a surge of late Democratic votes and then Republicans crying fraud tomorrow. Remember, the officials will first report the unofficial results. The certified results could come days or weeks later. So we want to know what you guys think. We're at 866-997-4748. Elizabeth in Texas. Happy election evening to you. How are you? Hey, uh, hey, John. How are you? Hi. I'm great. I'm glad. Okay. Positivity, I like your message, which is that no matter what the fuck happens, we will endure. There have been much worse, and we are in the majority in all the gerrymandering, all the crap shows that's going to go on with the Kevin McCarthy house. It's like we will endure, and we will keep going. I totally, totally like that. Um, yeah. Okay. Oh, let's see. What else was I going to say? Oh, did I get you to a bad time, Elizabeth? I'm sorry. Did I call it a bad time for you? No, 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 no. She's going to no. check her notes. Okay. i got to check my notes. Okay. Next step. Yeah. Quarter milk. Figure out the next step that we need to do with our party. You know, get the young blood in there. Yes. Uh, Camilla Jayapal or, you know. Yes. Whatever, Camilla Jayapal is you know? great. And, and, you know, I mean, we have so many beautiful, wonderful people and like I said, it's like, just get ready for the next fight, just like right. the Ukraine, baby. And by the way, don't forget, we're getting young people in there. Maxwell Alejandro Frost just got elected to Congress. He was born in 1997. I, I, I own porn that is older than this gentleman. So, you know, the young people are running. It's, it's beginning. Don't worry. I got to go, Elizabeth, but I thank you for the call and uh, God bless Texas. But I'm really, really excited because, uh, you know, it's not often I get to have one of the funniest people in the game on the show. And anytime I can get this lady to join us, I'm very keen to celebrate. Judy Gold is one of the best stand-up comedians in the English language. You have time during this interview to keep on listening, but go on Amazon or any other less evil site and buy her book, Yes, I Can Say That. When they come for the comedians, we are all in trouble. It's a book that saved my sanity one summer. She does a great podcast called Kill Me Now. And this Friday, the 11th, as part of the New York Comedy Festival, they're going to do a live taping with uh, up-and-coming comic Al Franken. Judy Gold, happy Election Day. Oh, John, first of all, it's so nice to see you. And I don't know if it's happy election day. Well, it's going to be over. So I'm happy about that. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I was a little worried about I mean, I couldn't see but the Elizabeth and the nose thing was, uh, you know, a little concerning to me. Uh, me too. Me too. I might have just picked up at the, <laughs> at the wrong time, but I think everything's okay. <laughs> okay, good. John, Part- I, I'm, Go ahead. I, I, I am flabbergasted. Is that a good word? Flabbergasted? Yeah. Yeah. That anyone 
with a beating heart would vote for a lot of these people that are running. Me too. Many of these people. I have lost complete faith in humanity. I, no, I don't understand no, this. No, 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 no. Yes. You can't, no. Why? Why? Because unqualified They're, idiots in the Republican Party got elected to office? That's a new thing, Judy? Unqualified? Mean. Unqualified. Mean. Yes. D- yes. They're unqualified, but they're, yes, they're dumb. But they're evil. These people are evil. They're racist. Yeah. This is, but this is Reagan. Uh, an unqualified they're, celebrity yeah. made a segregationist the chief justice of the Supreme Court. People right. forget and you know something was a else? segregationist. This is nothing new for this party. Uh, did you read Andy Borowitz's book? No, but you're the second person this hour to tell me about that I should. Uh, it is fantastic. And yeah. you see that this dumbing down, these dumb politicians, it's been going on forever. But it is fascinating that the the enablers, that is what is the most fascinating, is that yeah. enablers who you think put country before party, who <laughs> believe think. in the... In the Constitution and a true democracy, yeah. no. it's not true. It's they not nothing. true. They believe nothing, Judy. Right? They don't believe they don't believe their own talking points. They're 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 not. They don't really care about abortion. They don't really care about illegal immigration. They don't really care about crime. They would do something about those problems if they did care about it. They right. believe in their own power. They're very good at getting elected. They're not good at staying elected. Right. So if you're if you're scared, I'll point this out. Democrats have won the popular vote of the American people in seven of the last eight presidential contests. America generally eventually gets around to doing the right thing, but it takes agonizingly long sometime. And these white people are dying off. They're going to be a minority in this country in 2045, and they're terrified about it. It's driving so okay, much of their John, actions. Okay, John, I can't it, wait. I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to be in I'm diapers in a, in a friggin' wheelchair. Okay, well, I'm not going to. I'm not. I'm not here to kink shame you or anybody else, Judy. Whatever you're right. into, it's fine with me. But um, no, they're 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 losing. They're going to lose if they win. They lose every Democratic president in our lifetime. You know this. In the last thirty years, every Democrat has left the economy better than he found it. Every right. Republican has left but it had, worse but what than they found it. I just don't read a fucking newspaper. They don't care. Abortion, Judy. Abortion. I grew up half Southern. I know how people are trained and groomed to hate smart folks or to hate people from a different part. You know, it's just it's a it's a provincial cancer in this country that infects so many of us in our hearts. It can happen to liberals, too. We we can be prejudiced against people we don't know in America as well. But there's more of us. The 77 percent of Americans support abortion rights in all. Why is that not uh, translating into I mean. DeSantis. Let's see if won. it is. Look at look at Kansas. I mean, look at Kansas. That's you know, true. Translated there. Yeah. And You're right. Look, DeSantis. He's going to run for president. He's, he's got. Gonna so run. Much I love the him. little fight that's starting. DeSantis. When he and Trump turn on each other, it's going to be porn oh. for the angels. The angels are going to buy lube. It's going to be so wonderful, Judy. <laughs> you know this. Let these evil, mediocre motherfuckers go at each other, and then let Gavin Newsom have Ron DeSantis for breakfast because oh, you know smarter than Trump f- doesn't mean much right but also the fact that you know you saw that video where he's obviously imitating and mimicking everything that Trump does yeah um he's got him down yeah. and he, so Trump is essentially you know going to be running against 
himself a with a little yeah. more brain. But wouldn't it be beautiful if Trump ran and other Republicans ran as well and Donald Trump showed what loyalty means to him? To have yeah. him on stage with Tucker Carlson and Ted Cruz and Lindsey Graham and Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley. And Donald Trump can just berate all these people for their blind right. obedience to him. That's the racket. And by the way, here's, here's what keeps me sane. You're old enough to remember the worst president of my lifetime, George Bush. Because on paper, in every way you can count, Bush is worse than Trump. Maybe not a worse person, but a worse president. Uh, you and know, Reagan. Mm, pretty bad. But, mm, like, mm-hmm. but like Bush had the housing crash. He had the global right. recession. He had the war. And you remember how much you know how much they hated us comedians for going after right. Bush. You know how much they hated us for telling the truth about his unholy, evil Iraq war. Well, Donald Trump comes along. And when we were proven right, they hated us more. Right, Donald but it Trump was also, you know, we had that whole 9-11 where we had yeah. all these Bush jokes, and then all of a sudden, you couldn't say anything bad about couldn't him. Couldn't say anything for a couple of years. But yeah. Trump comes along and says, guess what? Bush lied to you all. The war was right. built on lies. You were all suckers. And immediately, they all believed him. Like right. everything we told them for 15 years, and they hated us. Trump said it once, and they're such a fickle cult, Judy. Where is George Bush? Did he campaign for any Republicans? Was he That's right. Convention? I know. No, I was thinking about that earlier today. There. Yeah. yeah. He's trying to make liberals like him and fucking liberals are letting him do it. So it's right. like they're going to throw Trump over the bu- under the bus just as assuredly as they threw Bush under the bus because they only believe in their own sense of winning and power. That's it. Right. It's really disgusting. But as long as we, you know, we can Sarah Fuckabee Sanders won. That's all that matters. Oh, God. Did she? Did she? Yeah, Sarah Fuckabee Fuckface Fuck. Wow. What is now the governor of Arkansas. That's great. She can finally carry out executions. Good Christian that she is. Yeah. Yeah. And I love her father. He's a terrific guy. Yeah, she makes me ashamed to be a a fake Christian into nepotism, I gotta say. Look, look, here's my take on this, because I've been doing this show every night, not in the clubs, been here. And people are scared, people are despondent, and I've just been telling everybody, we're going to get a whole new cast of evil people to make fun of. They're going to fuck it up in two years. It's going to be great for the Democrats in 24. But at the end of the day, and you know this, we're still going to be fighting for all the same shit when we're old and gray. We're still going to be fighting for women's rights and children and health care. I mean, it's like, okay, so they'll have control of Congress and do nothing for two years. Well, we get to make fun of them. And get to plan how we're going to take it back. So if that's the worst case scenario, I can live with it. Because they're not going to do anything. They're not going right. to do anything. They don't do anything. They only, the only thing they do is try to stop us from doing anything. That's, that's right. their entire purpose in life. They are the most fucking immature. They're like little fucking babies. Yeah. I fucking hate them. I hate yeah. them. So they couldn't even meet with Supreme Court nominee. They couldn't... Now, I hate them. I, I fucking... Know. You know, and I don't want to hate them. And I thought, yeah. okay, Trump's gone. I'm not going to be aggravated. It's even more fucking no, annoying. It, yeah, it's terrible. It, and But this has been the history of America. We've always had incredibly mediocre people who are born in the lucky sperm club and get into politics, do nothing to help other people, and they can say the right thing to social conservatives and fake Christians and get them to cheer. Right. I mean, it's it's nothing new. What's new is that we have social media bringing us their insane acolytes to attack right. us for spelling things correctly. But but again, man, we're, we're going to keep on fighting for the same shit. So what I've been telling everyone is, if you're sad about this, it's okay, but don't let them see you sad. Like, if we, if the Democrats right, don't lose let the House, see lose the sweat. Senate, I get yeah, it. Go, go off and lick your wounds in private, and then get back mm-hmm. in the game, because these people are idiots, 
and Marjorie Taylor fucking Green, Matt Gates, Lauren Boebert. These people are about to make Kevin McCarthy's life hell if he becomes the speaker. Do you think Let Lauren's going to win? I don't know. I don't know. They're all three of them are rank embarrassments. But yeah, I, I grew up in the South. I understand how these people get into office. I totally get it. There's no it's group easier to trick than white conservative people. Well, I mean, let's just take it from a humanity perspective. Okay. Paul Pelosi was beaten with a hammer. Not one of them said, you know what? Party aside, this is not okay. No. Not one of them. No. They mocked it. They that made jokes fucking about Don it. Jr. Who behaves like this? He unleashed petulant this child fucking, men. Yeah. Petulant child that's men. What, that's what we're millionaires doing. Yeah. at birth with no appreciation of their own. Privilege is fine. Privilege is great if you have appreciation for it. Right. But millionaires at birth, like Elon Musk, like Donald Trump Jr., people who were born on third and thought they hit a triple and have no appreciation of the fact that they're in the lucky sperm club. These mediocrities of all. I really don't think Trump is in the lucky sperm club, honestly. No? No. <laughs> he was a Look millionaire at, at three years old, but yeah. All well, right, yeah, you know. I, yeah. Okay, that, that is the lucky... I mean, I, I'd rather be a... Whatever. It doesn't matter. I, it, I, I've got I, some I just, audio. Yes. What's your audio, Chris? I got some audio that might disprove you, Judy. This is Donald Uh-oh. Trump from News Nation tonight. Uh, tonight, oh, win or lose, the results for Republicans, um, how much of that will be because of Donald Trump? Well, I think if they win, I should get all the credit. And if they lose, I should not be blended. Okay. <laughs> child men. Wow, that's shocking. I could not have predicted that at all. Oh, he's like what a, a bitch fucking Brandon. dumb piece of shit. And these fucking idiots with the uh, he's got. What about that fucking ad from Casey DeSantis? To, mm-hmm. put, you know, making Ron DeSantis like God create God fucking hates your guts. Oh, no. Did he you hate, know? No, yeah. God, God, God's God's a snowflake beta cuck. I mean, yeah. God needed a fighter. God, God wasn't strong enough to fight for himself. He had to create Ron DeSantis. He had to create Ron fucking DeSantis. And his 42 waistline. He had to create Ron. I'm sorry, I'm going to make fun of this guy's <laughs> pudginess forever. It's so wrong. I shouldn't fat shame. But God had to create Ron DeSantis to fight his battles for him. Show right. me an American politician with a more blasphemous ad. I mean, that ad was so blasphemous, I can guarantee the Democratic Party will do nothing about it. But we right. will. We what will, is Judy. going on? I can't. I can't. We got to get the balls they have. They have balls. Everything they say is bullshit. Everything, you know, they 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 lie. They they spread conspiracy theories. They disparage people, but they they say it like they believe. And we are just the fucking wimpiest. Oh, I'd want to hurt the feelings. Shut the fuck up. Who gives a shit about their fucking feelings when they go low? We step on them. And right. listen, I, 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 I admire Joe Biden. I, elderly Joe Biden is my favorite Joe Biden of all the Joe Bidens I grew up with. I, I like old Joe Biden decriminalizing weed and getting rid of student loan debt. And if he has to leave office in two years, he will have an incredible record of achievement. But I think people are really ready for some alpha liberals to come in there. I and- agree take it all back from them. And, and by the way, what, the reason they win is they convinced millions of white people that Christianity means put women in jail for abortion. 
criminalizing right. abortion, which is not in the Bible. Bible's never once against abortion. Jesus is against the death penalty. But they convinced millions of people it's so easy to go to heaven to be a Christian. Just fight to put women in jail for something the Bible never mentions. Well, and fight to put women in jail. Right, exactly. And then, you know, I was watching, uh, I don't know what it was, but uh, who was being, it was Fareed Zak- oh, it was Bill Maher. Yeah. He had uh, Fareed Zakaria and uh, Haber, Maggie Haber on. Mm-hmm. The, the, you know, Fareed Zakaria is obsessed with trans kids. Like, he is okay. obsessed with it. And I'm sitting there, they're sitting there talking about trans kids, trans kids. That's all, like, like that is such a huge, you know, Stephen Miller tweeting, know. you know, a vote for Democrats is a vote for child castration. Yeah. They're yeah. so obsessed with trans kids, and yet non-trans kids can't even go to fucking school without, you know, being shot and killed. Like, what is your, where are your fucking yeah. priorities? But it's the priority of the Democrats to say, hey, we're the ones out there fighting for health care, for education, for fewer guns on the streets near your kids' schools. Right. The Republicans are fighting to make sure that states with no trans girls have no trans girls in sports. Right. That's it. Judy, you inspire me. Everyone needs to own your book. I will always tell you your book got me through the most horrible summer of 2020. Thank uh, you. What's the best way for people to, to follow you and get tickets and see you and Al Franken this Friday? Uh, Al Franken, we it's uh, go to go to you can go to, you know, follow me on social J.E.W.G.Y.G.O.L.D. because I'm Jewish, which is also a really great thing going on right now. <laughs> um, go, uh, yeah. But I will be at the Midnight Theater this Friday, 930. I'm interviewing Al Franken from uh, it's a live podcast. So great. Uh, get tickets on Eventbrite. Go to my website. Go. You'll see it. If you follow me, you'll see it. It's in my bio. Judy Gold, you are the best in the world. I can't wait to go see that Kanye show with you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Front row tickets, you and me. The iconic Miss Judy Gold people. We go to break. Don't go anywhere. We're just getting warmed up. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Welcome back. I'm John Fugel saying we are at 866-997-4748. This is the beginning of the end of Election Day 2022. Uh, It's still a long way from knowing for sure. Associated Press said Americans voted without major problems Tuesday in midterm elections, receiving intense scrutiny after two years of false claims and conspiracy theories about how ballots are cast and counted. And that's true. And it's great. 
But of course, democracy is still in deep danger from the authoritarian right, and we don't know yet what they're going to claim tomorrow. Already, Maricopa County in in, uh, Arizona had some problems with their voting machines, and we saw the likes of Charlie Kirk tweeting about how it was all fraud again, despite the fact it wasn't fraud back then, despite the fact that they had multiple lawsuits and audits proving there was no voter fraud on any wide scale in Arizona. In fact, the heavily Republican Maricopa County Board of Elections had to call Charlie Kirk a liar in a tweet, which for me was like early Thanksgiving. So I need somebody smarter and more moral than me to make sense of it all. And somehow we tricked Dahlia Lithwick into being on our show. You know her from MSNBC, a senior editor at Slate. Uh, She's been writing the Supreme Court dispatches and jurisprudence columns since 99. You've read Ms. Lithwick in the New York Times and Harper's, the New Yorker, the Washington Post. She's the host of Amicus, Slate's amazing, excellent podcast about the law and the Supreme Court. It's kind of thrilling having her on here to not talk about SCOTUS, but her new book, Lady Justice, Women, the Law, and the Battle to Save America is out now. I have it. You should already be buying it as a Christmas gift for all the smart, moral people in your life. And hopefully we'll get her to come back very soon to talk about just the book. Happy Election Day 2022, Dahlia Lithwick. What a pleasure. Well, thank you for having me. I'm not sure. Should we call it happy yet? Or should we just say non-catastrophic holding out hope election day? I'm happy that midterm <laughs> season is almost over. It's, it's, yes. it's what is okay. it, 10, 10 p.m. on the East Coast, which means we are maybe a couple of weeks away from this finally being done. Uh, you know, God help with a with another runoff election in Georgia. Um, how are you and how are you uh, feeling this election night? You know, it's been such a funny day, and I was just reflecting that my standards post-January 6th have plummeted. Like, I literally feel if we're not, like, flaming torches on the streets, like, trying to maul one another, then it's a good day. And I woke up this morning feeling so unsettled about the possibility of actual violence. Mm -hmm. So that's my benchmark, right? That's so sad. There's been actually one happy story today, which is in a decentralized, non-functional, you know, archaic system, things are working pretty well. You know, you mentioned, you know, there was a a screw up in Maricopa County. There's been a few incidents, but like by and large, we're just not seeing guys like on trucks terrorizing voters. So I call that a huge, huge win. And I guess the other piece of it is, you know, the, the thing that has changed profoundly since 2020 is that election denialism, which was a crackpot, Trumpy, you know, Hail Mary in 2020 is now a thing. And yeah. watching the extent to which that is or is not going to be a thing is really, really destabilizing. But it's also, I think, in some sense, not manifested in ways that are quite as chilling as I expected. Wow. Um, I I do agree. There are a lot of differences from 2020. If there's any big similarity, I'd say uh, there's not a lot of widespread voter fraud, just like back then. Um, <laughs> and again, it, it, what got me was, you know, the violence happened a few months after the actual election day, almost two months after it. But, you know, for all of us who just went through the first ever non-peaceful transfer of power in this country's history, I share your anxiety. I don't believe there's ever going to be a civil war like the pundits like to discuss, but I do think there's a lot of room for a lot more terrorist violence committed by right-wing males predominantly with those charming little AR-15s that the Republican Party makes it so easy for them to obtain. 
I think that's right. And I think, you know, one of the things that I was watching really carefully was, you know, they were training uh, polling place watchers. They were training people to, you know, drive out the good uh, uh, election officials and put in uh, people who were predisposed to say that election fraud is rampant. So I really did feel as though we've seen a ground shift where we have seen sort of election operation at the most local level taken over by some of the nutters. And yet still today, I just feel like I'm, I'm seeking, seeking, seeking the silver lining here. And the fact that there weren't just a whole lot of people terrorizing black voters in, in yeah. you know, Philadelphia, I just call that a win. I, it's a sad place to draw the line, but I call it. No, it's not. No, no. But 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 it's not. I mean, I've been discussing this with so many folks in the last couple of weeks, knowing how poorly first term presidents show in their first midterms. um, You compare Biden to Trump in 2018. The very fact that it's going to be close, the very fact that it's going to be close for an 80 year old man with a stutter with this record inflation and high gas prices. And it's still this close in his first midterm. See, all of our friends in social media and pundits who are all warning us about all the threats to democracy and they're going to try and steal it. They're going to try and sow all this doubt in the system. And that's all true. But what doesn't panic me is all those people doing the tweeting. The resistance is strong and the resistance will continue to be the thing that keeps these incompetent fascists from getting a real toehold on power. If they they can win all the elections they want, they're not going to succeed at the end of the day, because as you well know, there's more of us. There's more people out there that are anti-authoritarian. They might not show up to stop them at the ballot box, but they will stop them from doing it in office. I love that you're saying that. And I just want to flag three things. Okay, please do. Black voters, women voters, young voters. I think that's going to be the story today. And we, you know, in some sense, it's always been the story. But I think that the fact that we are not seeing a red wave right now, we are seeing, you know, a red something, we are not seeing a huge existential rebuke of Biden tonight. Thus far, things could change. And as you say, we're going to see runoffs and we're going to be counting votes for days. But I think that, you know, those young people standing in line in Michigan, the young people standing in line to vote in, in Texas, I mean, this is pretty damn inspiring. And I really think it goes to this point. Listen, I cover the Supreme Court. For me, more than anything else, this election had to be a rebuke to the Supreme Court. If it isn't a rebuke to the Supreme Court, there's no breaking mechanism on the court. And so to see women showing up and young people showing up, voting about the climate, voting about um, uh, something more than parochial self-interest is really powerful. So you're right. It's demographics. It's that there are more of us than them. But I also think it's the ability to see outside this like myopic view of all I care about is gas prices. That does not seem to be what we're seeing play out tonight. Correct. I, I completely agree. Now, of course, right now, John Roberts is wondering, what does all this mean for John Roberts' legacy? And because um, I think that's all John Roberts thinks about is how does this affect John Roberts' place in history? But, you know, I, I do want to ask you about the court. I'm, I'm still going to grab you back on the show to do a full interview on the book. But I, I, I have to ask, how much do you think what we're witnessing here is a response? As I pointed out earlier in the show, these six justices that became the first ones to take rights away from Americans. And the reason why women now in America have fewer rights than their mothers and grandmothers had for something that the Bible never prohibits. It's 
Five of these justices were appointed by presidents who had lost the popular vote when they gained the White House. And the sixth was appointed by George H.W. Bush, who opposed the 1964 Civil Rights Act. We can't understate, Ms. Lithwick, can we, how little these justices actually represent the will and values of the American electorate. Right. And I would add to that ratified by a Senate that is malapportioned to the point that, right. you know, these these folks were not just point, appointed by minority majority presidents, but then ratified by minority majority Senate. Right. And I think it's yes. two levels of minority rule. And then these same justices, it's not just that they took away, you know, women's reproductive freedom, but that they're also constricting the right to vote. <laughs> that if yes. you look at what is happening right now tonight in the elections and you look at the gerrymandered districts that we are contending with, that's thanks to Rucho, that's thanks to Shelby County, that's thanks to a whole string of Supreme Court decisions, including Citizens United, that makes your vote less and less and less relevant and makes minority rule more and more and more urgent. So it's not just that the court took away, you know, women's reproductive freedom. That's huge. But that that Sam Alito, in his opinion, in Dobbs is like, if you don't like it, go vote. And in the same breath, he takes away the right to vote, as does this supermajority. And that's the thing that needs to really, really be, I think, exercised from the polity now is the idea that this minority rule from a minority rule Supreme Court that is entrenching further minority rule, that's the thing that has to be rebuked. And maybe the last thing I'll say is that I I never know what to do with exit polls. You tell me. But exit polls seem to be showing that, you know, the economy is number one, but that abortion is number two. And I think we may see what we saw in Kansas, what we saw in Michigan, what we what we saw in Alaska, which is that women are saying, you know what, this actually deeply and profoundly does violence to my sense of my own self, my own body, my own dignity and privacy. And I think that may be why we're not seeing this crushing red wave, at least right now. No, I completely agree. I mean, it's America. Things sometimes have to get worse before they get better. But eventually we, we get around to it. And these judges not only woke up a sleeping giant in America, they took away the Republicans' number one get-out-the-vote, get-out-the-donations tool. And that's going to hurt them for a long time. So I I have to ask the the most obvious Supreme Court question. You know, Franklin Roosevelt had three justices who were trying to undo the New Deal. They weren't elected. They were trying to undo his policies. And so he did a bluff. He said he was going to add justices to the Supreme Court and brilliantly, an idea that could be popular now, said every justice over the age of 70, all votes together. They get one vote. Who knows if FDR really, really meant to do it, but it worked. The Supreme Court, one of the three, backed down and the New Deal stayed. What kind of pushback would you like to see a Democratic Party or a President Biden do against this particular court? Because I don't want to watch Katanji Brown Jackson squander her career writing dissents for the next 20 years. I mean, I don't think it's going to come from President Biden. I have to be candid. I think sure. that he had the opportunity. He put that blue ribbon panel together that was supposed to talk about 
court reform and it didn't do that. I, I don't think he has much of a taste for, you know, big gestures of trying to push back at the court. I do think we're seeing really interesting bills being introduced in the House and the Senate that are talking about adding seats to the court, term limits, That's talking right. about jurisdiction stripping, right? That the court cannot overturn a voting rights rule uh, by a simple 5-4 majority. So I actually think it may not come from the Biden administration. I think mm. he does not have the sense that FDR had that this is a fight he's willing to go to the mat for. But I think that if we, the people, tell our congressmen and our senators that we are not prepared to live under this juristocracy forever, this is our kids and our grandkids that are going to live under, you know, this this minoritarian rule. So I think yes. the place to really watch where the change is going to come is from people saying that was really smart of FDR to force the court to blink, to force that switch in time that saved nine. And that we can do that by pressing our members of Congress and our senators to do serious court reform, much of which can be done. It's not unconstitutional. It can be done in the Congress and it can be done really readily if we believe in the proposition that we could talk openly about it. We've been kind of chicken about this. I think it's time to not be chicken. Tell you, Lithwick, it is such a thrill to have you on the show. I'm going to get you back just to talk about the book. But everybody, really, you're looking for the book to buy as a gift. Lady Justice, Women, the Law and the Battle to Save America. It's out now and it is a must own. Thank you so much for joining us. What is the best way for our listeners to keep up with you, Ms. Lithwick, and all your many doings? Well, I'm on Twitter for the moment. Don't know Don't how much up. longer. I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving America either. <laughs> I'm on Twitter and I've moved to Mastodon, but I can't figure out how it works. But I'm always at Slate.com and always at Amicus and contributor at MSNBC. But I really do think that this is going to be a long, 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 long night. And folks should not lose heart because I think this has not been a catastrophe. And it's not the end. It's a long game. We're all part of it. Thank you so much for joining us, Ms. Lithwick. What a pleasure. We're going to be right back with more of your calls on The Great Max Burns. We're at 866-997-4748. We'll be right back. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We are taking your calls at 866-997-4748. And folks... It gives me no pleasure to tell you a story like this. And I've had some rough times on the air before. I was on the air when Prince died and I had to get that news while on the air and, and take the shock and report it. But I don't know how to tell you this. Um, 
Lauren Boebert is several points behind Adam Frisch in District 3 in Colorado. And folks, I'm a comedian. I, I don't know if I'm ready to lose Lauren Boebert yet. I don't know if I'm ready to lose her from C-SPAN and have to watch her on Newsmax. So just thoughts and prayers for the comedians. Uh, please, please light a candle. And um, let me bring in someone uh, a bit more qualified than me to make fun of these people, because Max Burns is one of our favorites, and we were so hoping he'd be free tonight. He's a PR Society of America award-winning Democratic strategist and columnist whose advocacy work has guided some very successful American companies and campaigns. You may have read his stuff in the Daily Beast, NBC News, or Newsweek. Mr. Burns, I'm so happy you could join us tonight. Happy election night to you. I'm glad to be here. I am happy. I think uh, this this red tsunami that Republicans warned us about is sort of petered out at the shore a little bit. Yeah, you think? I, I don't notice much of a tsunami. I don't see much of a red wave. I mean, I expected one. They're supposed to get one. But it, I mean, law of averages, historically, Max, the Democrats are supposed to be having a much worse night and the GOP is supposed to be having a much better night. I guess maybe it's the power of low expectations. But I keep saying it's an 81-year-old president with a stutter, with record inflation and gas prices that aren't his fault, and it's his first term when he's supposed to get shellacked in the midterms anyway. I think anything close is a huge win for Democrats. Yeah, it just shows you how much voters hate Elon Musk taking over Twitter, I guess, that they've, they've suddenly switched to <laughs> the last day. Uh, and I, I take Republicans at their word here. They said, watch Jennifer Wexton in Virginia. Watch Abby yeah. Spanberger in Virginia. We're going to crush them. Well, yeah. both of them just won. Is Abby uh, Spanberger and, confirmed? Is she confirmed? Because that was the one I was really looking at as a as a, a bit of a, a canary in the coal mine to see how the red wave was going. The New York Times has not called it yet. I know President Biden called her and congratulated her. I think the estimate now is that she'll win by about 4,000 votes, which is... Uh, not quite the blowout I think Republicans were expecting. Yeah. Well, again, there it's been a rough night for Stacey Abrams, Beto O'Rourke, Val Demings, um, a, a lot, Charlie Crist, a lot of people who ran very good campaigns and got a lot of good media coverage. But, you know, it looks like those people uh, will continue to be bright, shining lights in the private sector. Yeah, it, it really does show that it's these candidates that, that soaked up a lot of the press and a lot of the fundraising that have really sort of underperformed. The ones that we're seeing step forward, uh, like Maxwell Alejandro Frost in Florida, right. this Gen Z candidate, these people who did not have huge infrastructure, did not have covers on in Newsweek and the New York Times, uh, who are stepping forward and pushing against this tide. And, and even Frisch in Colorado, uh, Lauren Boebert, still too soon to say, but you never want to be four points down in a district where you won by 10 points before. I mean, it kind of makes you wonder with all the embarrassments, like why are Marjorie Taylor Greene and Matt Gates safe in their jobs, but Lauren Boebert isn't? I guess it's just the fact that, you know, Colorado is a much more purple state. No, it is. And I think Virginia is as well, really showing that it is uh, defending its purple credentials. Uh, other places where Republicans were projecting big wins in New York with Kathy Hochul and Lee Zeldin, that does not seem to be going well for the Republicans there. Mm. And in fact, about the only place uh, Democrats are really struggling is Sean Patrick Maloney, the head of the DCCC, who played right. a lot of political games, uh, drove Mondaire Jones out of his congressional district and is now down 10 points to a Republican there which uh, I, I would like to feel bad, but everyone warned him to not do this. Everyone and warned him. 
And it's it's when we focus on that short term <laughs> politics that we really suffer. And that's why it's so good to see people like Wexton and Spanberger and Frost uh, stepping forward. And they're really going to be the voices we look to for how to navigate uh, the times ahead. No, you're right. You're right. And in fairness, I'm glad some Republicans are winning because now they can do something about all that crime, right? They're going to do something about the crime. That's 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 their whole thing, right? So yeah. well, when I think about crime, I immediately think about Republicans. So they're right on that. Front for sure. <laughs> yeah, let's see what they're doing about uh, Trump University. But by, by the way, I just found out um, from uh, the, the Hill uh, progressives out of Texas and Florida, Greg Kassar in Texas and uh, Maxwell Frost, who is the first Gen Z member of Congress. My God, he's born in born in 1997. I, I have magazines older than this man uh, Two progressives, not moderates going to Congress from predominantly red states. Yeah, I'm going to overlook the fact that he is so much younger than me because it makes me feel decrepit. But it, it is it shows you that these progressive candidates, that there was this appetite for Democrats who behave like Democrats, Democrats who wear their progressivism proudly and fight for the values of our party uh, have been rewarded with some big victories tonight. And the, the moderate candidates that tried to run as sort of Democrat light and tried to yeah. distance themselves from the party on crime uh, are really in much closer races in this case. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think people respond to passion. I think that there's conservative people who will vote for a hardcore progressive if that person knows what they're talking about and is passionate and isn't wishy-washy and trying to make them like him. I saw Bernie Sanders on Fox News. I saw Elizabeth Warren do town halls on Fox News, and I saw those Fox News crowds respond. I will always believe that Democrats can go into any conservative stronghold and talk about how the economy's rigged against working people, and here's how, and conservatives will listen. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And that's what Mandela Barnes did, for example, in Wisconsin. There's a right. reason why Barnes is now 50-50 with Ron Johnson with over half of the votes in. And that's God. that's a better performance than we're seeing from people like Tim Ryan in Ohio, who was, was keeping it tight but is now starting to fade a little bit. And and that pains me, too, because even though I'm yeah. not politically aligned with, with Tim Ryan especially, the thought of J.D. Vance with any political power at all should keep a lot of Americans up at night. Oh, God, I just I, I it's hard to imagine that there could be that many white women dead inside to help him get elected. I, I got to ask you, Max, a week ago, five days ago, we were all wondering with all this fuckery of Elon Musk ruining Twitter. And by God, he sure is ruining it. It's like a mob restaurant being burned down for the insurance money. But everyone was saying, why is he doing this just before the election? The midterms are coming and he's creating a, a, a storm of chaos it seems like that wasn't really a problem. He did fire half the staff, but it, it doesn't seem to have created any real problems related to coverage of the election, has it? No. And I think because, for one, uh, he backed off essentially after outcry from changing the verification process before the midterms. He initially wanted to strip all the check marks away from journalists and election watchers before the elections and really sow a little confusion. He wasn't able to get away with that. But your example, I think, is is the best I've heard it. It's burning down the building or the insurance money. I mean, he, he can't do much more than endorsing Republicans a day before the election. And a lot of his apologists said, well, Twitter isn't endorsing Republicans. Elon Musk is. But Elon Musk is the, the sole director, the CEO, 
And from what I can tell, one of like seven employees left at Twitter. So if he doesn't speak for Twitter, I don't know who does. Um, Tom Cotton, who looks like a constipated pencil. Uh, just announced he's not going to be running for president. I wasn't too surprised by that. Uh, now we're even hearing Ron DeSantis suggest he might not run for president. I, I know that Donald Trump is still calling the shots and controlling this party. Um, it is not too early to talk about this anymore, is it, Max? After today, we're going to see a probably a number of Republicans and quite a few Democrats announce presidential runs in the next two months. Yeah, I think we're we're closing the book here on campaign 2022 and we're opening the book immediately on campaign 2024 with, with Tom Cotton. I think him, his decision not to run is the first smart decision he's made in his entire political career <laughs> because he knows that he's going to have a lot of leverage now. He has a lot of very influential donor friends and he carries a lot of weight with his Republican colleagues in the Senate. So he's going to play a role in sort of moving these coalitions around as these candidates assemble. And if I'm Ron DeSantis, quite honestly, I mean, that's a nightmare. But if I'm sitting there now looking at these results and seeing very Trump supporting candidates like Lauren Boebert struggling, well, I'm winning by huge margins in Florida. All of my candidates are doing very well. I would start to think maybe Donald Trump is not as untouchable as he wants us to think. Well, I mean, let me ask you about that, because we are really in the, oh, just the beautiful early foreplay moments of Donald Trump's bloody war with Ron DeSantis. And Trump, of course, came out and was road testing new nicknames for him. Today, Donald Trump was giving a was saying that he knows a lot of things about Ron DeSantis that no one else knows. And they just might have to come out at some point, which we've heard him do about other politicians as well. Um, I know that Trump doesn't have a lot of impulse control, but. Boy, he can't hide it anymore. How do you see this playing out? We know that the GOP has been trying to coax the party to accept DeSantis and get rid of Trump. I, it doesn't matter how many politicians want DeSantis. I think there's going to be a lot of red hats that still want their uh, their messiah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's the argument Trump is going to be making is that there's there's no one like the original to lead this cult forward. And he's still around and believes it's his organization to run. And to a large extent, it is. The challenge is we will get a better sense, I think, after tonight, how the Trump brand is faring. We saw him come out at Mar-a-Lago tonight, a man who has never shut up for a moment. And he seemed to have very little to say about how his candidates were performing tonight and even less to say about Ron DeSantis's very strong showing. Whereas (sighs) now we see the DeSantis surrogates are out on Fox News. They're out on Newsmax. Then they're saying, if you want to win as a Republican in 24, hitch your wagon to Ron DeSantis, not Donald Trump, and we'll help you out. And if this holds, I think that's a compelling message for a lot of people. Mr. Burns, we got to hit a break. Before I go, I just want to ask you, what is giving you hope tonight in the midst of Election 22? What is the, the brightest silver lining for you? Well, I think that, you know, unfortunately, inflation started going down too late to really help. But we're seeing gas prices go down. We're seeing inflation go down. I think we're going to have a country in much better shape here in six or nine months. And and that's going to tamp a lot of this frustration down. The great Max Burns. Everyone follow him at the Max Burns on Twitter, which still exists. And we're still there because we're not leaving and we're not leaving America either. Max, come back and see us real soon. It's a pleasure to have you with us. Thanks so much. Quick break. When we come back, Jessica Mason Piclo, also known as Hegemami. To you people on Twitter. We'll be right back. 
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Right now, it's my great pleasure to welcome uh, one of our favorites back to the show. This is, we got to do this more often, like have like 19 guests and they're all people we love and we're too shy to ask them to come back for a boring Tuesday, but on election night, we'll, we'll, we'll go with our hat in our hands because Jessica Mason Piclo is a senior VP and executive editor for Rewire News Group, and she's the co-host of their excellent podcast, Boom Lawyered, along with our friend, Amani Gandhi. Uh, they're back with a new season, and um, Rewire News Group is a 501c3 nonprofit. She's a superhero. You might know her by her superhero identity as Hegemami. Jessica Mason Piclo, welcome back to SiriusXM. John, I will come on the show any random Tuesday. Are you kidding me? This is always so much fun. Thank you oh, for I'm having so, me. I'm so grateful for your low standards in broadcast. Thank you. <laughs> how, how is your uh, your bleak, horrible, red tsunami, Democrats in disarray, everything's horrible election night going? I mean, look, abortion is is outperforming uh, Democrats across the board, and that's a great night for both abortion and Democrats broadly. I think the last time I was on, we were talking about Kansas and the surprise there. And one of the things that, you know, from my lane in electoral world, and I don't watch, you know, the partisan races to the same degree that some of your guests do, but really in the like, you know, reproductive rights and justice spaces, what we're seeing tonight is that... Um, people do not like it when their rights are taken away and they also then have the opportunity to respond on the ballot. So it was good in states. And I mean, you know, there's lots of counting happened. We things are not done yet by any stretch of the imagination. Of course. But you know, it's it's looking <clears throat> positive in places like Kentucky, for example. Kentucky. On that's okay. How how we we have to talk about Kansas. And and we yeah. have to talk about the fact that Kansas was really the first sign of how America really wasn't going to put up with this shit. I mean, I never yeah. thought I'd be saying Kansas resistance hero state. But when I look at what's going on in Kentucky, this this anti-abortion measure looks like it's going to lose. Yeah. And when you look at, you know, yes, the, you know, Rand Paul won reelection, but his Democratic challenger performed very well. And so if folks are looking for bright spots in Democratic losses, it is blowing my mind that I am saying investor resources in Kentucky. But you were just talking about Ohio and it's a border state to Ohio. And one of the things that we are seeing here in the electoral landscape around abortion politics is how important these border wars, for lack of a better frame and phrasing, really are starting to be. So, you know, there is a lot that we will see coming out of this that, you know, I mean, 
it's you know it's, it's 9 30 here in colorado more or less like lauren bober may lose tonight here we could I be know. having all sorts of fun I you know, know but but a lot but but i think one of the important things that i just would want to get out for folks um on your show is that when people have the opportunity to actually have a say on abortion rights and mm-hmm. their civil rights broadly in these places, it performs well. Now, yes. you know, I've been on the show enough to be cynical to say there's always a but. But so, like, I anticipate that sometimes that that can bite Democrats in the ass because, you know, it allows Republicans to take cover for the bad things that they've done. Right. Okay, like, sure. And and so there is that dichotomy there. But when abortion is doing as well, abortion rights are doing and access are doing as well in places like Kentucky, you know, in Michigan, I think that's another one of those bellwether states for folks right now looking. By the way, in Michigan, this this, you know, this um, ballot initiative to protect abortion rights in their constitution got more yeah. signatures than any other ballot initiative in the state's history. Then we're looking at Vermont. Looks like they've approved this proposal enshrining abortion rights. Uh, Yeah, they've they've approved a constitutional right to abortion in the state. Um, In Kentucky, it looks like uh, with 68 percent of the vote in, um, it's very, very close. I mean, abortion has motivated the fuck out of Democrats and I think out of independents and more Republicans than would admit it. Yeah. And I think, you know, you you asked about Kansas and one of the lessons from Kansas there was that, you know, folks may be less willing to be vote like like mainstream voters, for lack of a better phrase. Right. Maybe less vocally willing to be out there supporting abortion rights and access, for example. But they'll they'll vote on it. If Democrats talk to them about it, if they don't run away from the issue, abortion rights and access remains a politically very popular issue across the political spectrum. It is a rigged, gerrymandered issue across the country in a lot of places, though. That's very, very true, of course. But man, it just it just shows once again the hubris of the Republican Party that they Mm. don't represent the will of the American people. I can't say it enough on issue after issue after issue. They don't reflect the values and the opinions and the the wants of the majority of American citizens. And yet they seem very, very confident that they don't actually need votes to win in a democracy. That's what scares me the most. I mean, they've gotten rid of their number one vote getter, their number one fundraiser, but they've realized they're never going to be popular enough to succeed in democracy. So they're just going to keep on finding new ways to do without democracy and get around mm. it. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. <laughs> we've we've had this conversation on the show before. I yes. think, you know, we're, we're seeing some of that um, really come through. But, you know, I, it's I, I think that progressives and Democrats should take um, a moment and appreciate that their policies and, and positions are broadly popular when they have the opportunity to, um, you know, fully campaign and really talk to the American public about them when they're not running some, you know, kind of like shadow boxing campaign. It was really, you know, I mean, I was cynical that Democratic voters would turn out the way that they did for abortion rights and access in some places. But I am heartened to see so many voters across the spectrum show up for it. 
Oh yeah, I'm okay too. to be wrong sometimes. <laughs> well, well, I mean, let me ask: like, what, has there been anything that you've been wrong about so far with these elections tonight? I mean, you guys I mean, are no, so but, on top of everything. But, <laughs> yeah, let me be very clear. <laughs> um, not yet, at least. Not yet, at least. Um, I um, I will say that um, it is the degree to which the um, abortion rights measures are performing so well as a surprise. I anticipated those to be closer, even after the Kansas election, because the Kansas election felt just different. You know, it was in August. It was just it was timed weird. And the big Republican and conservative push around messaging leading up to this, um, it, it worried me. I and. I am pleasantly surprised to see so many people vote with their values on this issue. And I think, too, you know, results are are early. But to the degree to which some of that increased um, performance is driven by a younger Gen Z turnout, for example, we're seeing lots of of stories and, and, you know, anecdotes, which aren't data yet, but, you know, out there. That could also be really important because that is also trouble for conservatives who are an anti-youth party at their core. And I just I hope Democrats pay attention to that. I completely agree. And of course, they're also, you know, representing a younger party and the GOP is an older party. And I've got to ask, what do you think all this means in terms of Roe v. Wade and the turnout? For the next election in 2024 and the one after that in 2026 and the one after that. I mean, I'm enjoying the Donald Trump, Ron DeSantis beginnings of a blood feud as much as any other yeah. person with morality and a pulse. It's gorgeous. It's beautiful. I love it. Yeah. Um, when I saw Ron DeSantis's ad that was all about how much God loves Ron DeSantis. That's Donald scary. Trump thinks he's God and Donald Trump thinks he's the Messiah and he did not approve that message. So it's it's great. But. This is going to throw a wrench into the Republican Party's plans for several elections to come, don't you think? I think so. Um, maybe. You know, I, you know that I am very bullish on this issue because the one thing that Republicans and conservatives have done an excellent job for the last 40 years is really coalescing around these civil rights issues as a way True. to grab power, not necessarily stay in power True. necessarily, but grab it where they can. The the silver linings that I see so far tonight is that for the moment, it appears that the possibility of a national abortion ban is tamped down. It's presuming that the Democrats hold the Senate. That's really the fire line there. But we have to have this conversation in connection with the same conversation about our free and fair open elections because they are one in the same. If we do not have free and fair elections, if we have election deniers (laughs) on the ballot as that continues to happen and they and they rise to power, folks like, you know, we'll have to see what happens in Arizona. Right. That is, I think, going to be a very interesting bellwether for where the Republican Party goes in terms of treating any election. Right. Republicans don't think that any Democrats can win any election, that that's that Democrats winning is evidence of fraud outright. Right. So so that is the problem I think that Democrats will face. And abortion is right wrapped up in that issue. Right. So the the more 
extreme the wing of the Republican Party gets with loss after loss trying to grab power, the more abortion and our civil rights will be at the forefront of these electoral issues. Okay, I'm going to take issue with one thing. Um, I don't call them election deniers. I'm fine with just liars, Uh, uh, naked, bold, you know, blatant liars. Um, You can call me out on that, John. I'm good with that. (laughs) Yeah, but but I, I do think you're right, except in the case of the GOP, let's be honest, they used to be a conservative party with this white nationalist lunatic fringe. Is it fair to say that at least on the electoral level, they have become a white nationalist lunatic party with a conservative fringe? Yeah, I mean, and I would just add the Christian part of that, too, because that is very important. Now, you mentioned the feud between DeSantis and Trump. It's it's really important to note that the, the main base of, of modern Republicans do actually believe that he is a messianic figure. There is a lot of that overlay in what's happening in the rhetoric of, of Republican electoral politics right now. We saw that in Pennsylvania as well. We even, you know, Carrie Lake even dabbled with that a little bit in Arizona as well. So that is the trend for Republican election rhetoric. I have no idea how that's going to play in a presidential election. I don't anticipate them backing down. I think DeSantis's win tonight should have people paying a lot of attention to him. He is absolutely... Like, I mean, you know, I have my I have my theories about him in, in terms of where that goes in 2024. But I and he so what are they? What, 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 what are what, what are your theories? Because I've said for a long I mean, time, I really like I think I the the Trump DeSantis thing was something that I've been chatting with Imani about for a while because that's the power grab right now. And I don't believe it's a feud. Trump is from the wrestling world. Don't he's full of shit. That's what he I'll is. say. You mean this could be just a big pretext to them running on a ticket together? Because that's what I see happening here. I mean, my worst. Or put nightmare... Ivanka on the ticket with DeSantis? No, I would love that. To he happen. just wants That'd to be, be able beautiful. to. He wants to be able to be the manager to crown the man. Right. I think he'd yeah. like. I think he would like yeah. to be able to run for the second term and then have Ron DeSantis be his true son that he gives the crown to when it's all over. Yeah, I, I, I mean, just hope the, folks the part see of me that, that like, cares. I don't buy the feud. Is what I'm saying. He's okay, a showman and they create they create drama all the time. I would this feels like a WWE move to me. Maybe. I think that Trump really means it and he thinks he can fuck with anyone and get away with it. And I think mm. Ron DeSantis is as thin skinned as Trump really is and might not appreciate that. But to yeah. me, the greatest hope for the Republic is these two guys hating each other, because if they join forces, then that's it for voting rights. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there are there are no more like actual real open elections after that point. Good times, good times. So that's why you have me on, John. No, no, but I, I, it's, it's true. It's, it's. Look, this is if you're going to care about American politics, you have to be ready for all the comedy and all the horror, and they're both going to yeah. keep coming. That, that we know. So let me ask you one last question, and then I'll let you get on to your night. It's been such a pleasure having you back. What's giving you hope tonight? Beyond, beyond, you know, abortion doing well. What's, what is giving you hope in this midterm election that we were conditioned and groomed to believe? would be a devastating night of brutal loss. <laughs> well, I, so the idea that um, as a Coloradan, we may actually, um, you know, put uh, Representative Lauren Bober in the unemployment line feels really good on like a petty personal level because what an embarrassment. Um, but <laughs> I think the stories that I am seeing come out of youth, younger voters, I'm, I'm not, I'm old. <laughs> So college kids seems like you, but but truly, I think that that Gen Z 
shift um, is really important, not just because of all the reasons that we've already talked about, but because there are actually new fresh ideas and we need new fresh ideas. Like folks are, let's be honest, a lot of the leadership in democratic spaces are out of fresh ideas. I know. Or, or you know, they have fresh ideas, but they need fresh messengers to make the ideas sound yes. new again, because the GOP is going to be running on 90 year old Herbert Hoover economics, no matter what. Well, no matter what they do. And so the the other state that I would just turn folks' attention to real quick for a place of hope is New Mexico. I, you know how much I love my Rocky Mountain West states out here, but yes. really New Mexico is doing amazing things right now. Constitutional amendment to fund public education, free higher education, I mean, like, you know, public subsidized free uh uh, pub college education. There's good progressive stuff happening in the state of New Mexico and people should pay attention to it. Amen. It is so great to have you on the show, Jessica. What's the best way for our uh, evil army of the night to follow you and keep up with all your doings? I am still on Twitter. Me too. <laughs> I have not left. Me too. I refuse to all leave my until followers, I have to. All my followers have left, but I'm still there too. Same, same. It'll be me and you, John, just like howling into the night. But you can find me on Twitter at Hegemommy. That's H-E-G-E-M-O-M-M-Y. Um, my uh, podcast host, co-host Boom, uh, at Boom Lawyered, Amani Gandhi and I, um, she's Angry Black Lady. We've got a show tomorrow. We're live streaming at 2 Eastern. There's a big Supreme Court oh, case. So find us, find us there. Brilliant. I love your show. I've had a crush on Amani for many years. It is so terrific to have you with us, Jessica. Thank you so much for joining us. Always a pleasure. Anytime, Don. Thanks so much. 